Hi, it's Bob Waugh. Welcome to another WRNR podcast. When the Rack and Tours were in town recently at the Anthem, I had the opportunity to sit down with Jack White and Brendan Benson. It was an interesting conversation and pretty short because I was told, you've got 10 minutes. We're on a very tight schedule. And uh, the tour manager took me back to see Jack and Brendan. We sat down. At 9 minutes and 50 seconds into the conversation, the tour manager interrupted us and said, Hey, Bob, sorry, we got to go. We got a sound check. Very busy today. Of course, we all found out later that maybe one of the reasons they were in such a rush is because they wanted to go to Nationals Park and catch a couple of innings of the Nats-Brewers game before playing that night at Anthem. And uh, the story is well told now. They played the set. They walked off the stage, they checked the score, the game was still going on, they went back to Nat Stadium and hung out uh, until the 14th inning when the Brewers uh, beat the Nationals. Uh, However, that's a very long build-up to um, what you were about to hear, which is my opportunity to catch up with the tours. I asked them about keeping politics out of music, their recent collaboration with Jack Black, and just what is Jack White's mom's favorite Jack White band? Is it the White Stripes? Is it the Tours? Is it the Dead Weather? Well, you have to listen to find out on 1031 RNR. Backstage at the Anthem, I'm Bob Waugh with Jack White and Brendan Benson from the Tours. Great to see you guys. See you. you. Obviously, I want to talk about the new album, but I want to start, if you don't mind, by going all the way back to the first, because there's a question that's been nagging at me a little bit about that record, mm. which we fell in love with so much and played so much. But why was Together never released as a single? <laughs> wow, good question. Maybe we didn't Maybe know. it should have. Probably should have been, because it's something that you, you just, at the time, people talk about what's something that we think is interesting or some, a statement we'd like to make, and then also what will people actually play on the radio. And you always have to sort of debate those things together. Hopefully, and, ideally, they are one and the same, but sometimes they are different, you know, right? Like, quite often, people are wrong or labels are wrong or whatever. And the biggest, was oh, the funniest is always that n- neither label I was on and the Waste just wanted to put out Seven Nation Army as a single. And I, I, I kept insisting, thinking... I didn't think it was a hit or anything. I just thought it was the first, a good first statement for us for the new record. Mm-hmm. And I remember both labels thinking, "No, it's not really a single." And it just shows you how, in hindsight, you'd be crazy to think that, you know. But uh, at the time, it's hard, you're so close to it; it's hard to know. Get burned 
fastest record really? recorded with <laughs> Lazarus. Yeah. And um, I'm now wondering, Jack, are you part of like the fastest record ever recorded and also the slowest? I mean, 10 years <laughs> yeah. is a long yeah. time. I think uh, Guns N' Roses still wins a uh, <laughs> Chinese democracy. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long time. It's, it's kind of funny. We didn't, I think it's sort of a testament to we don't, I personally don't plan things too far ahead. Um, I can't speak for all the other guys, but uh, it was a case of, uh, in a beautiful way, it's sort of like it shows we have a lot of things going on, a lot of everyone's involved in a lot of different projects, which is really a, a nice thing. I've often thought about, you know, when you read stories about, say, the Ramones, you know, did like five albums and didn't even speak to each other, you know, because that was their only thing they had, it was that band, and they had to stay together. It's a beautiful thing about them, but it's also kind of sad, too, to be, you know. I think what's nice is that we can we work together, popped in the room, and we started playing, and it was like, it was only like a couple of weeks had passed since the last time we played and recorded. So. That must have been a nice feeling. Yeah. I read an interview with you, Brendan, not too long ago, saying that there's lots of songs that you guys recorded. Yeah. So presumably it's not going to be that much of a lag time until we get record so, number yeah. four from the record tours. Yeah, there's, there was a lot that were, that, you know, that, that we left off the record. Um, this new album, Help Me Stranger, you know, Ten years is a long time, and then it finally comes out and it debuts at number one globally. Yeah. How surprised were you guys about that? Pretty, pretty surprising because it's also the first time uh, one of my albums was uh, put out with just Third Man Records. We didn't team up with a, a major label like Warner Brothers or Sony or Columbia, which I've done with all my other projects and my solo albums. So this was the first time we were just going to just Third Man Records. So it was a big statement to everybody who works at Third Man and with Third Man and uh, distribution and everything like that, that we can do this, you know, uh, the, that a small independent label can make a number one record um, at a time when rock and roll isn't the most popular genre as well. So, and at the time when uh, it's also a testament to the, the large, like, vinyl, you know, real sales of, you know, 
physical sales of a record, which is uh, oftentimes now like a number one record is, has very little physical sales, mostly digital or streaming equivalents or something like that. Uh, this is all like industry boring talk, I suppose, but at the same time, it's, it was, if you're asking, it was, it, was a, it was a big, exciting moment for Third Man Records. It was a big achievement for us after it was our 10-year anniversary at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool to be able to have a number one record by ourselves. You mentioned Third, third Man Records. Um, I know you guys have been doing a lot of pop-up performances in record stores mm -hmm. during this cycle. Yeah. So aside from that little record place you have in Nashville, what are some of your favorite retail outlets for, for vinyl around the country? Oh, man. Jeez. Well, we were just talking about um, in Boston, Newberry Comics. Mm -hmm. Still there. One of the greats. Shake It Records in Cincinnati. And uh, you have... Uh, Oh, mine, there's so many. You know, so, uh, try to think of the names on there. Maybe not going to come to me as quickly as possible. Um, Amoeba? Oh, oh no, of course not. Amoeba, yeah, that's, they're great. It's, it's, lar it's nice to how large a store Amoeba is. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, hope that, I hope that stays around for a long time because it's a really cool uh, c concept to still have a gigantic a record store like that still in existence. Mm -hmm. We have a little place in Annapolis called Kachunk that we, uh, we cherish. Nice. Uh, little vinyl <laughs> outlet. Um, you know, the first track on Help Me Stranger is a song called Bored and Raised. Yes. And the lyric in that song strikes me. And I have to ask you about it because we're in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the lyric goes, staying away from the left and the right. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to do in this town. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... You guys have been pretty good about keeping politics out of your music for the most part, but mm -hmm. isn't it tempting sometimes when you know you have this platform mm -hmm. and you have an audience and whatever might be affecting you positively or negatively, yeah. you can say something about it? We do. I, I do it once in a while when it feels really strong and personal to me. I think that that's the way it should be. If someone speaks up, if someone's a well-known person or a celebrity or something like that, if you speak up, I feel like you should know what you're talking about. Like, uh, really know what you're talking about. Like, uh, not just because you have the microphone in your hand at that moment. So, so that's how my concept of how I look at those things. So when I say something, I really want it to be something I specifically have a lot of information in my head about. So I keep it, shoot, pick my battles. You know? And I think that's a, I think that was a comment that left in the right kind of a comment about thinking about the, the issues and the person himself instead of these black and white, left, right, Republican, Democrat, right? these two choices, as if there's only two choices in the world about anything. It's just ridiculous. I mean, and I, and I think that's how like, those bad people get into offices because of that. It's just sort of like this blockhead thing of like, okay, flip a coin, and it's either that person or that person. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It should be 50 different people we're choosing from. It should be nuclear physicists and, uh, you know, people who actually have an IQ of over 140 or something should be the leaders. <laughs> Seems very rare when it's mostly just lawyers. Like, yeah. It's mostly just lawyers and cronies. <laughs>
backstage at the Anthem on Bob Waugh with Jack White and Brendan Benson from the Racking Tours. I, I have to seize the opportunity because we were talking about the left and the right, and you mentioned gray areas. So, um, can we talk about uh, Jack Gray? Just recently, <laughs> it's been in the news last week, yeah. you and Jack Black collaborated. Yeah, the, uh, Tenacious D came to Third Man and they wanted to do something together. And I have this series called the Blue Series that I've been doing over the years, which is just people who come to Nashville. I, I produce one or two songs with them uh, in my studio, and that's what we did. They, they brought a song in, and I just produced it, and we recorded it at my studio. It should be coming out pretty soon on Third Man. Okay, so will that be a Tenacious D single? Or? Tenacious D, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it just got... Uh, Picked up as if it was right. me, but it's a uh, yeah. It's really uh, those two guys performing. I just produced. We're with Jack White and Brendan Benson on WRNR Racking Tours at the Anthem tonight. Um, I saw that Josh from Queens of the Stone Age joined you on stage in Los Angeles a couple of nights ago. Yeah. He played on Blue Veins. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, was so, I mean, how long until... Uh, Josh and Money Mark, too. Yeah, Money Mark was awesome. Oh, sorry. Right. That song, yeah. 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 So maybe Jack Black will um, pop up on one of these shows. It would be nice, yeah. yeah. It would be a blessing. Okay. It might just happen, because we run into him everywhere, it seems like. We ran into him in the airport in London, and <laughs> running, yeah, probably going to happen. Uh, you know, it's the oldest question in the history of rock and roll, how's the tour going? But I really want to ask you, how is the tour going, yes. as opposed to what it was when you guys left off last time? Uh, it's going really well. I mean, remarkably well. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of half surprised, because I, I maybe half expected to see a lot of older people, like, my, you know, the, our fans, but older, 10 years older. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, as it turns out, there's a ton of kids. Like, a lot of young people, people, yeah. young kids coming out to see rock and roll, and... You guys are still not working off a set list. No. Um, no, I think that's kind of too, like, the word is out. I think people know when they come to see a Rack and Tour show that it's going to be something pretty exciting, probably pretty special, you know. It's not just like seeing a band, that, you know. It's kind of coming for an experience, you know. You get some feedback from the audience about where to take it and where you're going to go. Yeah, on, yeah. Set. The reason for not having a set list, yeah. you know, the audience sort of directs you a little bit on what, what to do next. Uh, I always have done that. I think it's sort of like a stand-up comedian does, you know, feed off of how they're laughing at this certain type of humor. And then you start going down that path, see what works, riffing yeah. off of that, and uh, it, it, think, it makes it a lot more interesting. It would be tempting to, when you get to these kind of shows, to have the same set every night and have the same lighting every night and pyrotechnics at that song and a big finish at the end and turn it into sort of a Broadway thing. But uh, I would be pretty. Bored. I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty bored. It would get, yeah, it would get boring. It's for us, and I think, but it's, but as it turns out, I think it's for them as well. Like mm -hmm. for the audience, I think us having fun, enjoying ourselves, means that they'll have fun and enjoy themselves. I'm gonna put in an early vote for top yourself if you're somewhere. <laughs> put it in the back of my brain. <laughs> Last thing for you guys. I know we got to wrap it up. Sure. But, um, the tour started so appropriately in Detroit. Was that? Kind of a big emotional night for you guys? It was. It was nice because uh, we had a lot of our old friends there and um, it, it's people from the garage actually in Detroit are sort of older and wiser and have children now and it's kind of nice that we can appreciate things more I think as, a, uh, you know, as we've had some perspective now all of us uh, and uh, it's nice to see 
um, musicians that are still playing, even if they're not touring musicians, they're still performing and playing. Your henchmen played with us, a uh, band we used to play with all the time back then. And uh, so it, it was it was great. And our families were there. We all stayed in the same house together for a few days. I heard your mom was there. She was, yeah. yeah. She was, yeah. she have a favorite of the Jack White bands? Oh, wow. I never asked her. She's just mostly into, she wants a song she can sing along to. Okay. So that's, that's what she needs, one of those on every album. One. A sing-along song, like a Hotel Yorba or something like that. That's, that's the one she wants. starts in Detroit, but you have a big week coming up at the end of the month with three sold-out shows at the Ryman, yeah. which now is really hometown. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what's that going to look like? Playing the Ryman? Yeah. Home, well, which? Hometown or the Ryman? Yeah, well, yeah. Both, yeah. Our hometown is always kind of 
I mean, fun and but also a little nerve wracking for me personally. Just just it being home. I guess a lot of friends trying to you know logistics trying it's to it's distracting yeah, yeah it's, it's almost like you're hosting a party yeah, yeah. yeah. it's hard to know yeah, where to be all day long party. Party. exactly yeah right. uh, I want to thank you guys so much for spending some time thanks for uh, talking to us um, yeah. you know also thank you for just keeping that torch going and, and the rock thing and, uh, thanks for playing our music too such yeah. a fan of the new album and all of your work so oh, yeah. it's both of you so thanks, thanks so much appreciate it yeah. alright cool Call me, I'll come running You can call me anytime Any 16 strings were strumming They will back up every line There's a motivation about you Jack White and Brandon Benson of the Rack and Tours, and you're listening to 103 WRNR.